Hello, my name's John Schaefer and welcome to The Wealth Show. CityWire's latest female alpha report highlights a pandemic effect when it comes to flexible working practices. This has been especially beneficial for female fund managers returning to work after maternity leave. I spoke with Sonia Lord, Chief Investment Officer at Legal and General Investment Management, to get her views on how work culture is changing in asset management. Sonia, thank you so much for joining me today. So flexible working has increased as a, as a result of the pandemic, really. And how has that assisted female fund managers or, or has it really at all? Yes, I think it's fair to say that it, it has impacted positively. And um, it's not so much that flexible working wasn't available prior to the pandemic, but to me, the biggest change is that the, the stigma has been removed. Because if you think back prior to the pandemic, you, you normally had women asking for it very much and very often related to taking care of children or just having a bit more flexibility when it comes to, to raising a family. And now you have everyone doing it. And that is that is fabulous because, as I said, it just removes the stigma and makes it a far more normal part of the of the working routine. And I would hope really helps and encourages, obviously, women to look at the industry with a with a second look. And obviously, with your experience in the industry, did you see in the past women exiting the industry um, as a result of challenging schedule requirements? Actually, I think I'm not so sure whether this is just the asset management industry. I would think that um, a lot of women reconsider when they have a family, whether the the work-life balance is still the right one. I actually think asset management in itself is is quite flexible in allowing um, you know staff in general. I think it's not not just women help staff in general to to really deliver and and to work when and how it works, but. Um, I think in, in general, most women will have had a, you know, a, a point of reflection when they, when they started a family to, to think whether it's still all the, the right balance and whether they can accommodate it all. And I'm, I have seen a number of women leaving the industry as well on the back of this. I mean, let's look on the flip side of obviously with flexible working coming in and the pandemic's meant that children have been at, at home, parents have had to do a lot of <laughs> homeschooling for their kids. Um, and there's that difficulty that I think we've all faced of that separation between home and work. What do you think the challenges have been there? <laughs> yeah, I think you've, you've, uh, you've said it already. I think um, I'm, I'm probably not the only one that figured out that I'm not a particularly good teacher and not in particular, not when it comes to my, to my own children. But um, that aside, obviously, this additional um, burden clearly meant that struggling both, you know, private and, and professional life has not been has not been made easier. Now with schools, you know, hopefully back to normal, I think we can really focus on what the future of world um, of work really looks like and what kind of flexibility is required. We do actually actually expect that this there, there might not be a one fit all. There there is clearly different preferences. There's different teams that have different work patterns. So I think we have to allow. Um, most of our teams to have a think what, what works best for them and clearly obviously making sure that what that, that it works for for individual team members as well. And at Elgin, how has your working policy changed as a result of the pandemic? I think it's fair to say, given that we are still in a in a hybrid um, setup and with, with hybrid I mean there's still some regulatory impact in terms of what we can, what we can't do. So so we're not fully back to normal yet. And so the, the flexibility continues. And as long as we still have social distancing measures in the office, there, there might be natural limitations of how many people can come in. But we do expect that 
most of our um, colleagues will start reconsidering because now with September and back to school, and obviously with, with most activities open now, I think that there might be a, a better way of assessing on, on where we are. So far, we have not prescribed any kind of distinct pattern. As I said before, we very much believe that, you know, a, a one-fits-all might not be the right approach simply because there is really different factors that will determine how teams, you know, work within each other. But we should have, we should also consider collaboration across teams, across divisions. So it's a, it is actually quite a complex way of thinking about it. But from what I can see, and obviously from what I can see and, and hear from other firms, hybrid models will be the, the predominant model going forward. And what can you do as a business to encourage women to enter fund management, considering female fund managers do make up such a low proportion of the industry? Yes. And um, I think it's, uh, I said it a number of times, to me, this has always been a marathon rather than a, sh- a sprint. I think flexible working will come a long way, but I, I don't think this is only true for women. I think flexible working is quite an attractive feature for, for most employees. So I would hope that this will overall be an attractive feature of the industry. But I think when, when it comes to women, my hope is that actually with the dramatic change that we have seen with regards to ESG integration into investment processes and a clear understanding of a very holistic way of analyzing companies and investing money, that this actually takes away some of these, uh, you know, the, the views and perceptions that the industry is very, you know, numbers heavy and very analytical, which I think in the past has probably put off some women in, in joining it. So um, we are doing a lot of, uh, you know, education and, and going out. Obviously, big focus for me is on graduate schemes, internships, because that's really where we can look for the talent of the future and where we have much better success of, you know, balanced entry um, with regards to, to gender diversity, but not just gender, very clearly ethnic diversity as well. So really focus on, on our diversity and inclusion agenda. And um, that, that to me is really one of the key areas. And likewise, then obviously focusing on women in the business in terms of career development and particularly around uh, when they start a family so that we are very well equipped to support them through that period. And, and what do you think are the other reasons that there are so few women in, in fund management? I think, as I, as I just said, in the, in the past, it's always been perceived, obviously, as male-dominated, very numbers-heavy, you know, very analytical, and you need to be a genius in math and, and all, all these kind of things. Um, and it's just been a very slow, you know, way of it, from the industry to, to address this properly. Um, and it's, it's only been over the past couple of years that we've seen a huge acceleration. But clearly then you, you have to start with your graduates, right? It is building the talent pool. You can't just then go about and say, oh, we have too few women in senior management positions and in uh, farm manager positions because your pool is not there. Your pool of talent is not there. And so I think it's really a concerted effort across the industry to make sure there's a clear understanding of the job prospects, the you know diverse nature of jobs available, and obviously now with flexible work, uh, work working patterns, um, you really have I think quite an attractive proposition. So I would hope that we really see a big bit of a change here in in the way how um, young women are looking at the industry. You mentioned the rise of ESG there, and and do you see the majority of female managers having a, an affinity towards ESG fund management? Yeah, I think um, anecdotally, what you do see is when you look at the latest recruitment um, stats, and um, obviously it's no secret 
that a, a large proportion of current hires is in the space of ESG. Um, and we have seen a, a larger number of females taking these roles. So I think um, that, that helps us in, in understanding, you know, the preferences and hence my uh, saying earlier that I would hope that this, you know, changes the perception of the industry and as such just attracts a much broader and more diverse talent pool. Excellent. Well, Sonia, do you have any other points that you'd like to add? No, I think we, we've covered we've covered everything, um, and it's uh, it's great to to kind of keep going and making sure that we are not losing sight of the targets that the, the industry set itself, and that there's still a very long journey ahead of us. Perfect. Well, Sonia, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you.